like problem with that. Carl and Brian. Yeah, that's that's yeah. And we can call it like like no Georgia like like. Hi, Georgia. I don't know. Does a layman know that? Know about that? Well, welcome to Queen's Video. I'm Carl Swanson. And I'm Brian Griffin. And do you know about my favorite murder, the popular um, uh, true crime comedy podcast? Because uh, it's an independently produced, it's 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 quite niche. And yeah, yeah, you might probably not have the heard biggest it. podcast in the world. No, right? I mean it's kind of What's like bigger. It's kind Mark of Maron indie. is he still alive? Uh, oh Jesus Christ! Sorry. Sorry, Mark. We do want you as a guest. You're eventually. dear. Mark's a friend, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. know Mark Maron? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I've that's what I'm bad. I've never actually listened to his podcast, but I loved him on Glow. Uh, oh yeah, he's on Glow. Yeah, apologies, thousand apologies, sir. Uh, he deserves respect for Glow is fantastic. Yeah, fuck, that was a good show. That yeah. was one of those. It's gonna go down in history as one of those ones that's like the tragedy it. that it got canceled yeah. like before the end. Yeah, and Alison Brie, why isn't she in fucking everything? Oh, she's great. She well, I mean, there was a, like when she was in Community and then had the the. Heart on Mad Men, like yeah. she was absolutely. Uh, she was in Scream Four, baby. I see. I need to see Scream Four. You do actually, and no, but isn't Scream Four like one of the weaker ones? Yeah, it's great. It's got the best, best killer reveal of the series, hands down. Okay, it's got the best, best, best killer ever. You heard it right here. Mm -hmm. What have you been up to for the last two weeks, Brian? Since we uh, last recorded our little podcast, uh, I've been not drinking. Congratulations. I've stopped consuming sugar the last week. <laughs> sugar. 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 Sugars. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's it's a nightmare. Not not having sugar. <laughs> I'm serious. It's fucked. Like, it's not even that hard to give up uh, booze, right? And I loves me some booze. Yes, yes, you but, do. But I've been sugar a victim to that. Is, <laughs> sugar is fucked. Yeah, it's Sugar's really, tough. It's in everything. It's really eye-opening. Yeah. It's really eye-opening how hard it is because I, I sit at home and all I want to think about is, I want this. I have sugar in it. I want this. I don't have sugar. I'm just bargaining with myself until I find the least sugary thing in my mind. That, that's sugar adjacent. Well, and this has been over Halloween, too. Like, possibly one of the second most difficult times of year to give up sugar yeah. beyond, like, Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, everything's on. Oh, and when the candy went on sale... Oh, stop. Oh, terrible. And there was there was a mistake at Metro stores and candy was going cheaper than it should have. And, and I didn't get a chance. To, <laughs> to, to, well, the world stands with you in your trials. Oh. I, I myself am having a Georgian Bay gin smash right now means, because I need to loosen up a little bit for this podcast. It means a lot. It means that you've got two drinks in front of you to the, fucking add insult to injury. What the fuck? Ian, what is this? Is this a bar? Our producer, Ian, uh, was kind enough. Our producer slash my fiance, Ian, was kind enough to also bring... Just a, a backup Corona. Should I just start chugging alcohol due to your terrible, terrible food film takes, Brian? He uh, he dropped a Corona on on your side of the table and he spat on. <laughs> well, okay, so we got to tell everybody though who's listening, all of our tens of viewers, um, viewers, viewers. <laughs> it's a podcast. There are ten people watching have, us right we now. Have we have literally zero viewers, and we will always have literally zero viewers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that we're comfortable yeah. with. Yeah, because this is never going on. Anyways. I, I have a giant zit right now, so we can never videotape this. Uh, you don't. Shut up, bud. It, it makes me look young. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, <laughs> but I was going to say, so the one thing that we did do last weekend was uh, you, Clu 
clued us in that Eyes Wide Shut was playing at the Carlton Cinema. I nearly in, died. I nearly um, died, Carl. Yeah, this is good that you've been very, I mean, except the, the previous one was Heavy Metal, which, as as we know, I I enjoyed. Mm. Call back to episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, Eyes Wide Shut. This I, is a film. This have, is a real big boy picture. And what did you think? Oh, what do I think of Eyes, Eyes Wide Shut? It's a masterpiece. It's beautiful. It's It's so hypnotic. And, and and just aesthetically it's so beautiful it's like a kaleidoscope can like you a give beautiful subtle like can you give our listeners a quick rundown of of the movie it's uh it's stanley well, kubrick stanley kubrick's final film yeah um he passed away before the film was actually released oh i forgot that detail spielberg had to jump in and help uh help with the editing oh so that's what that crowd of kids that comes in and saves the day at the end of the movie (laughs) yeah 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 exactly uh and uh spielberg was was kubrick's best friend but anyways that's a that's a side um that's we'll save that for when we watch ai there is a yes we must because that that is that is important because yeah. that's connected to this film in, in in many ways but um wealthy couple new or new york couple um played by tom cruise and nicole kidman some would say the third lead in that film was the city of new york <laughs> uh but it is, it is it is it is cool new york is <laughs> new york is beautiful and it's so cool to see it it's so cool to see those 90s cars like it's a real document of time too which is awesome yeah well i thought the like i mean I, it was the second time i'd seen it obviously the first time i'd seen it in theaters um i uh, i was reminded about how paranoid everybody was about sex in the 90s yeah. like you're watching that movie and it is a movie about uh, like it's it's a it's a it's a movie about paranoia it's a yeah. movie about how you can't really know your partner it's about how you can't really know what's going on around you it's it's a you know the the characters are all just like dipping their toes in the fact that the world is way more fucked up than they can imagine and it's more fucked up even than they can handle as well mm. like i mean i always joke the, the the plot of eyes wide shut is is a guy tries to cheat on his wife and fails yeah like um, but it's, you know, yeah, the Tom Cruise's character is just pretty much driven. It's, he's not driven insane, but he's driven on this kind of quest after, you know, kind of having a frank open discussion with his wife about the fact that, you know, like she has, you know, she's a full sexual being who's attracted to, you know, people and he can't handle that. And she wants him to be honest with himself that he is also that way and he can't be honest about that and so it just drives him to leave the house at the end of you know in the middle of the night over christmas and uh try his hardest to fuck somebody who's not his wife yeah it's a parable it's it's uh, by the end of it it's like um look what could have happened to you had you gone and had you fucked done it. all those I, people i forgot so i mean one of the, the like sorry spoilers for uh for a uh art movie that has been out for almost 30 <laughs> years but um like one of the he tries the he gets um he gets he gets picked up well he gets hit on by a by a, a sex worker on the street and goes back to her apartment and is about to is about to hook up with her and then he gets a call from his wife and then he ends up not doing so and then later in the movie and this is a detail that i forgot yeah. um but she she disappears and he meets her roommate who tells him that she had just tested positive for hiv yeah. and i forgot that detail but it's so 
again, Very it's not. so 90s. Yeah, it it's is. so, like, sex was dangerous. That would have been the worst thing that could have happened to him back in the 90s. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the 90s, it was still, you know, it, it, it's like a kind of a death sentence. Yeah, but you know what? That's the part of it that's aged. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the part of it where I kind of go, ha, <laughs> 90s but people. I, th- I thought a lot of kind of the battle of the sexes stuff had aged, you know, as well. It was yeah. all very like men are from Mars, women, women, women are from Venus, yeah. and like the idea that the idea that your wife is having a dream about, uh, you know, humiliating you sexually in front of you know a thousand yeah. people, yeah, uh, it is enough to drive you crazy. Yeah, if you're a red blooded man like Tom Cruise. Everyone in the movie is having fucking nightmares or, or, or fucking it, or the movie is a fucking nightmare. Like yeah. It feels like a dream the way it's filmed and yeah. how it moves. Also, uh, uh, she's having dreams that basically are the plot of the film, right? She, yeah. has, she wakes up from a nightmare and she's like, oh, I just dreamt the thing that you just happened to you. Yes. Ha- happened yeah. in my dream. <laughs> but slightly differently. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very, um, it, it's kind of it, like, it's kind of. Not great, obviously, that Stanley Kubrick died, but it's it's as a final movie for his career. Uh, it's a great kind of summation of all of his like you know all of his motifs, yeah. all of his symbols. Like I was sitting there watching it and thinking, you know, all of the all the architecture and all the scenes reminded me of. 2001 a space odyssey yeah. the, the hotel at the end of 2001 a space odyssey and all of the the recurring use of red it's yeah. like a stanley kubrick staple and Purpose. um yeah the 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 way that the cameras move and the shots are set up and the the thousand yard stare that yeah. tom cruise has in the in the cab yeah. uh is exactly the same as all the other ones you know like like shining uh, yeah shining and yeah. 2001 yeah. and and, and it's all Clockwork there. Yeah, it's all in that movie. It's yeah. the summation of it. Yeah, and it is. It's a. It's a terrific. And it was a delight to see it in the big screen. Yeah. Um, thanks for taking us. Oh, thanks for coming. Well, and this is also. I mean, it's hopefully. I. I mean, maybe we can set as a loose goal over the course of this podcast to watch all the Stanley Kubrick movies. Oh, Clockwork Orange next. Oh, good call. Yeah. Well, and with that, we will be right back. Okay, let's start with Launchpad McQuack. Uh, that's not the actual title of this. We are Sex Before! Scott Pilgrim versus the world. We did it. We finally set a movie that we were going to watch that you, the listener, can be like, I'm going to go watch this movie that Carl and Brian are going to talk about. There was no need to rewatch that movie, but what a pleasure it is to, to, to catch it. Oh, I've no. I've seen it millions of times. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Well, no, so had I. So yeah. had I. Yeah. But I loved it. I, I guess maybe I hadn't really watched it in a while. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is the 2010 film uh, directed by Edgar Wright and based off of the uh, graphic novel by Brian Lee O'Malley, which is a... T- classic work of Toronto literature. Stop spoon feeding them, Carl. If you don't know what that movie is, get out of this podcast. Get how (laughs) dare you. No, um yeah, I I, were had you read the graphic novel before you had seen the movie, right? I've read a volume of the graphic novel when the movie came out. Um and I liked it. I thought it was charming, but I definitely remember it's the movie's what I'm here for. That's what I paid my money for and I I love the movie. Do you read like do you read manga? Are you familiar? Yeah, I read a, uh, I, I read a few bits. I mean, um, 
Death Note and Akira. I, I read the big ones. Do you have Akira? I have Akira. Okay, I need to borrow Akira from yeah, you because yeah, I've never yeah. actually read I have the first three volumes. Akira. I've only read the first two. Nice. But I will lend you the volume one. Very good. Yeah, I had read it. Um, my again, my roommate Kevin. Shout out to Kevin Maloney, who is you know one of one of many pillars of all of my you know pop culture. You know. Everything I know about pop culture, I learned from either Kevin Maloney, Ian, my fiance, or my brother, Paul. Um, and nothing so yeah. from me? Nothing from me? And the hell am I? Chop liver! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I had read it. I had read it when it came out. Um, and it was very... I mean, it, there were a lot of things at that time. Like, it was the era of Harry Potter being adapted mm. into movies while those books were coming out. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim was being adapted into the movie before the final one had come out. Um, I think the, the last issue of the graphic novel... Um, came out like a little bit before the movie but was worked on concurrently mm. uh famously game of thrones obviously was like it's in progress while they again. were doing yeah, <laughs> the that's, film. A, that's a mess the, the tv now, show so now they're gonna remake the tv show again because it's all it's good though because the book will have a completely different ending yeah what are your see and i was actually thinking this would be a good time to talk about like adaptations in general mm. like how here's a question what do you like in an adaptation? Are you a person who wants an adaptation to be cut and dry, the source material transposed onto film? Or are you okay with somebody taking a lot of liberties with a source as long as it makes a movie that works? I'll tell you what I love. What do you love? I love when I expect it to be a certain way and the filmmaker did the complete opposite and I loved it anyways. So like... Uh, uh, Sam Raimi Spider Man, like to oh me, yeah, that's that's that's. I mean, it's close to the comic books, but it's it's. I I like that aesthetic. I like expecting a comic book movie, but getting a you know an action yeah. teen drama thing, which I needed at the yeah. time and loved. I think there's a, like I I I'm. I understand that like a book is different than a movie, which is different than a play, which is kind of different than a, a graphic novel. Yeah. Um, and so consequently, when you get something like the Lord of the Rings trilogy, yeah. which is very faithful, save for a couple of like eliminations of, of kind of chapters and plot points. I, but, but I think I, 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 I don't know if you disagree that like the Lord of the Rings is the gold standard for adaptations being faithful to a work. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think it, it has to come from love. It has to be loved by the person who's making it, not someone who's trying to remake it their way. Yeah. Right? There's someone who's who's in love with it. Like um, Zack Snyder's Watchmen. I feel like there's a lot of love in that movie right. for the source material. And I think that translates well. No, it's not love I don't everyone, know. But... I, I, would di I disagree. I thought that Watchmen was one that was very... Like, I mean, it... it just kind of ripped, not uh, ripped is a very aggressive <laughs> word, but um, it, 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 it kind of Xeroxed straight from the comic book onto the screen. And I don't know if it worked that well. Uh, but the proof is in the pudding. Audiences didn't love it. It was a flop. So what you're saying is I'm right. You must be. But <laughs> I'd love it anyways. That's, yeah. uh, I mean, the question was, what do I like? I, I, like, <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I, I like when someone um, is trying really hard and, and likes it and is having fun yeah. with the material. That's, that's, the, that's the main thing. We're watching the Wheel of Time TV show on Amazon right now with our friend Steven. Um, and we, Ian and I have not read the Wheel of Time books he has, and he uh, it keeps a kind of 
very abreast of all of the many many ways where the the show is just is is going completely off book mm. but still hitting a lot of the same emotional beats and like large plot beats mm. um and i mean i think like i obviously i haven't read the books i'm i i don't have any kind of uh anything to compare it to but i'm i understand that process like i mean you can't take an 800 page novel and put it into uh well i mean you could try to do a hundred an 800 page novel and put it into a 10 hour tv show mm. but like sometimes it's just not going to work like tv is paced differently than a book is tv is paced you know a movie is paced differently than a book is like it's just i almost you know, feel sorry for anyone who has their beloved book that they love be adapted into it they have to watch as somebody else yeah. chops it up and, and makes it into something else and, and more palatable for tv and I, I i feel sorry for people who have to do that too that who are who are maybe love oh the it's book a thankless like, job i have to do yeah exactly yeah. nobody's gonna love you for it yeah um it's the same with sandman sandman's a great oh yeah that's another one actually but missing a bunch of stuff that i would love to see yeah i also added a bunch of stuff that i think that could have cut up but but the the again it's thankless it's, yeah I, I think objectively it is a great show but yeah i do actually really like that sandman too and I, the, the sandman graphic novel is is just fucking incredible perfect. incredible yeah, yeah. Um, I, so yeah, back to Scott Pilgrim when I had, I had read all of the Scott Pilgrims before seeing the movie, which came out, uh, it was like, it, I, I was back in Edmonton and I brought my 2010, yeah. 2010. Um, uh, I had, I brought my dad to the theater and we saw it like the opening weekend. Cause I was like this, <laughs> I have I have friends who are extras in this movie. It's filmed in my neighborhood and yeah. not not just filmed in my neighborhood, but set in my neighborhood. Yeah. You're gonna love it. And so and my dad did, like famously, like my dad loves Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah. He you know thought it was a great movie. So I should totally I should get him I should get him the graphic novels. I should also get myself the graphic novels. Yeah, me too. But yeah. we were sitting there watching it and it's I mean it's it's great. It is about like it I, I it was one of the first movies that spoke to my personal experience on a lot of ways. Like I mean, you're not watching. I I, I wasn't I wasn't a baby boomer watching Forrest Gump. I wasn't a <laughs> Gen Xer watching you know Reality Bites. I was kind of a uh, you know closeted gay teenager watching Donnie Darko. That was you know something that was relatively close to my own personal experience um but then here i am watching scott pilgrim which is about a 20-something torontonian living in the annex uh doing indie rock music with a video game setting and a uh you know like millennial aesthetic um and it was just like it 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 felt very cool to be the target audience for something yeah. And then it felt so like as I was rewatching it this time, I was just noting kind of like all of the stuff that was correct. And like I I I thought I have all of those clothes that Scott was wearing. <laughs> or like I don't have them anymore because I've worn them thin. But like when I was that age, the costuming was spot on all of those like it was like they were shooting everything on location in houses that i lived in or houses that my friends lived in like that the one scene early on in the movie where they're all in a um in the house party um i when i was looking at the there's a you know camera shot from 
above of the uh, the stairs and the banister and the carpet and the wooden banister and the layout of the house was just like picture perfect exactly the way every house was then like it was just i i can't like i can't talk enough about how how much they nailed the design of Scott Pilgrim versus the world and how cool it was that like the design that they were nailing was the house that I was living in at the time. Yeah. It's a really authentic and interesting, uh, film. And t- to me, um, it's an extension of, um, uh, Edgar Wright in general, like his work in general. Yeah. Um, there's a British TV show that he cut his teeth on called, um, spaced. Yes. With Simon Pegg. And love spaced. I I rewatch spaced regularly. It's Jabba the princess. <laughs> so spaced is Scott Pilgrim. Like it is uh, a, it, the British yeah. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah. Um. It's it's maybe not in as hyper uh, a reality, but mm-hmm. it, it is. So it's cool to watch that. It's cool to watch a big budget version of. The thing that you love, because space was always on TV when we were younger, and Edgar Wright, it was so cool to watch his, you know, his rise to fame. Bit mm-hmm. of a bummer that it wasn't as big of a movie as it as it should have been, but um, he bounced back. He still makes terrific films. Exactly. But yeah, I th- I think it's, it might have been his biggest budget movie. So yeah, it still might be actually. It looks phenomenal. Oh. Like like upon watching it again, I it, it's one of those special effects movies that the special effects in Scott Pilgrim vs the World will always look good yeah yeah you're right it's it's like the matrix they, they did their own yeah thing. It's or jurassic park or and, t2 yeah yeah One thing I was sure to uh, um, jot down this time in rewatching it, there's an iconic shot where Scott is uh, talking on the phone. I mean, iconic shot. They're all iconic shots. Yeah. Um, but uh, Scott's talking on the phone on the corner of uh, Bloor Street West and Bathurst Street, which is, uh, for those of you who are in our international audience, now that we've hit it huge, <laughs> um, uh, it's the corner. So basically, it's the corner uh, in the neighborhood that, that Brian lives in, that I met Ian in, that I lived in for, for 10 years. Um, and I made a list like this the 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 camera like pans around Scott in a um, phone booth which absolutely does not exist in real life um, but it has a great like it shows you all of the stores that were on the corner of the street at that time so Brian love this here are the stores that were in that shot that are still around yes. the stores that are still there are insomnia love it great place for brunch Pizza, pizza. Hate it. it I mean, it, it's, you, you make do with what you have. But and it's Pizza, iconic. pizza is yeah. what you have. It's ugly, but iconic. The CIBC, that bank is still the bank that's on the corner. I mean, banks. Um, and, uh, of course, delicious Jerk King. Jerk King! Yeah. Fantastic. They're a staple yeah. of the community. Phenomenal uh, jerk chicken place. Yeah. And 
rest in peace to the fall. Like, we pour one out for the following uh, oh. annex stores. Oh. These are the things that were on that corner that are gone. Uh, Green Beanery. Yes. That excellent yeah. coffee shop. Yeah. Um, Lost to Amnesia. The bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that, a dive, that bar. dive bar. That was, I never actually went in there, but it was, like, always there. Um, there was a sushi place uh, that was there, but, I mean, like, if you try to pin down the sushi places in the annex, so much sushi. You, you'll never be able yeah, to. It's a lot. It's the sushi, sushi district. Yeah. Um, and last but certainly not least, Honest Ed's. Right. Honest Ed's is beautiful. Yeah. And I said pizza. Pizza was iconic. F that. Uh, pizza Honest pizza Ed's is icon. Is... Pizza pizza was iconic because you could sit in that pizza pizza and yeah. look at Honest Ed's. Yeah, it's true. Come yeah. in and get lost. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, in terms of there were some sequences that were in the book that were cut from the movie, obviously because like you can't have everything. Um, and in the book, Scott fights Todd Todd Ingram, the fourth evil ex, in Honest Ed's. The vegan. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And there's also a great there's a there's a, a fight between Knives Chow and Ramona in right. the Toronto Reference Library. Oh that's fun. like the, and it's like zero gravity fighting in the Toronto Reference Library. Mm-hmm. Which and for those of you listening, the Toronto Reference Library is this it's this excellent mid-century library that's like all curves and beiges and this massive like open space. Isn't it sinking? They, they forgot to account There's for the too fact many that there's books. There's going to be books in there and it's sinking. Yeah. I, do they say that, that about every library though? Yeah, because they say I don't that know. about like Robart's library yeah. too. On, Maybe on, I'm mixing that up then. Maybe. Who knows? Um, I, Scott Pilgrim's a great one to watch because every, like, th- there's, there's, 20 characters in it and like all of them are cast by actors that were either huge at the time or like went on to be massive massive stars they're a huge cast and the fact that it's coming back as a as an as a uh, anime on uh, netflix that they got that cast back again and they got the creative team is not so and yeah. it's a testament to how much they fucking loved it yeah michael Sarah said recently that um it was a big bummer for him when they stopped filming that because he spent a huge chunk obviously the film's about him every every frame of the mm-hmm. film is is has him in it all the rest of the cast were just coming and going and he was having so much fun working with all these people, oh, meeting yeah. all these people that were his age and he just thought it was such a bummer uh, that, it, that it had to end, you know? I remember at the time, like when we heard that um, Michael Sarah was the one that was cast as Scott Pilgrim, uh, we were all kind of poo-pooing him and, and you know, bitching about it on the internet because um, he had hit it pretty big around that. Like he was, Super he was, bad. he was, he was at a big, like, like, you know, peak of his stardom mm. and was making a bunch of stuff. Like, yeah, it was super bad. And he was in, oh, there was a... Youth in Revolt. Did you see that one? No, I did not. That's what made me feel like, oh, I, that's okay. He can he can do this. this oh, yeah? Perfect. This one. Actually, did that come out after? Mm. I feel like it came out before. Because wasn't there... Was it Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist? Yeah. That oh, that's very Scott Pilgrim without being as good as Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. There was so yeah we were all shitty you know probably shitty on the internet I'm sure there's record of me being a dick in a blog somewhere um, oh. about Michael Sarah being oh. the one that was cast um, I'm but find that he did great um, Kieran Culkin is phenomenal um, yeah. you know then like Aubrey Plaza pops up 
Um, is that her first? No, I mean, she was always in stuff. No, it wasn't she. I mean, she was in Scott Parks and Recreation around the same time. And I, she, or, I don't know if that had come out yet. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. In 2010? What know. was she in? Yeah. I, I know that she was always a, a comedian. Uh, she was a comedian. Yeah. So she was discovered by Adam Sandler. Oh, no way. Yeah. Um, but I think she was like in, she's from Delaware and I think she was always, <laughs> she was like a, 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 a like a character in, in Delaware. She, she famously went in to a chicken restaurant, dressed as a chicken and asked for a human burger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and she did it in her Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pan. Yeah, yeah. So this is her style, I guess. That's great. And she started early, I guess. So, so that's cool. well, okay. Speed round. How many other famous people in Scott Pilgrim can you name? Oh no, Brie Larson. Yeah. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Weinstead. Mary Elizabeth Mary Weinstead. Elizabeth yeah. Um, oh no. Um, Chris Evans. Chris, Chris Evans. Yeah. Um, Jason Schwartzman. Uh, Brandon Ruth plays Todd Ingram. Superman plays Superman, and and then there's like like it keeps going. Mae Whitman is yes! Roxy, oh, the girlfriend. Yes, yes, yes. and A- she's fucking great. Perfect a little uh, uh, homage to uh, uh, Arrested Development. Yeah, um, right. Of yeah. course, because they were both in it. Yeah. Damn it, I had rehearsed that you were going to say that I was going to say who. <laughs> it's as Anne as the plane on Egg's face. <laughs> uh, Her? <laughs> shit, that's another. I mean, obviously, podcast audience. If you haven't watched Arrested Development yet, I need you to go back to the year 2003 and rent them all on on DVD from your video rental store. Or borrow it from a friend, a cool friend who go is and, any cool friend that you have yeah, will, will have had go on library. Go on LimeWire and download <laughs> the pirated the pirated uh, you know not MP3 files. I yeah. Whatever it is. I didn't steal, Who Carl, else? so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I steal everything. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then like the other ones, like even uh, Knives was in Glow. Oh, um, I didn't even realize. Wow. Yeah. Flip, that's cool. Yeah, I think she was, I, I don't know, don't quote me on this, I don't know what the story is there, but I think the actress who's cast to play Knives Chow was one of the ones that was kind of, uh, uh, she was an unknown and she was going to York University at the time, Yeah. Um, and so she got her big break from the movie. Again, don't quote me on that. Cool. Yeah, well, I mean, she's authentic. Like, yeah. Uh, it's, it's authenticity. They're well, it, there. like, it speaks to the Toronto-ness of everything. And this was, so the one thing I did want to ask you, because um, it occurred to me, like, as I was watching this, you know, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, it's rare. I, you, as an, as an Anglo-Canadian, you don't get to see a lot of movies about Anglo-Canada, like, especially big ones. Like, there's a good tradition of French Canadian cinema, and like you know, we love Xavier Dolan. We love like uh, you know our 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 Denis. Denis Villeneuve. You know the main man right now. Um, but like uh, like Des Invasions Barbares was a big one when you know I was a teenager, and that that got the best foreign language uh, Oscar. Um, even like the Fast Runner, um, which was you know set like the the, the you know Inuit. Um, stuff but like you're kind of there's this there's this you know kind of dearth of english canadian movies about or movies about like anglo canada and i was thinking about this in the context of you being irish and you being an irish immigrant to canada um when i was growing up 
we were re- like there was a good cultural output from Ireland that we were exposed to on a global stage. And I mean, like, like there was there was the big shit like Riverdance and like Angela's Ashes <laughs> and like like the the you know we got stuff uh, like we were told things about Ireland by Irish people that right. you know had voices on the global stage. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, what did you know about Canada? Nothing. Virtually nothing. Yeah? Never knew. In fact, when I watched Scott Pilgrim versus the World, it didn't even... I don't think it registered to me that it was uh, set in Canada. Did you think it was set in America? I didn't care. I didn't care. It just wasn't a a consideration for me. It really didn't... It, to me, that wasn't part of the the, the film for me. Uh, you know, and I, also at the time I was not living, I'd never lived in a city before. So to me, movies were about the city or they were not. It's not that movies were about New York or they were about Toronto. They were just about the city. Interesting. Yeah. You were still in Ennis? Uh, Galway. I was living in Galway. Galway. Well, Galway. That is a city, yeah. Galway's big enough. <laughs> well, but I get it. I mean, like, like, Galway is big, but Galway, I mean, like, there's... You're 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 hard pressed to find a skyscraper in in There's Ireland, no and you would be even more yeah. hard pressed in in you know any time before 2010. Yeah. yeah. Had you did you like had you traveled much before you before you left? Oh yeah, yeah. I lived in like Boston and stuff like that for for a, you know for for a while. And right. Like, I've been to cities. I just you know and like in, in my like the way that I view films or the way that I viewed films. Yeah. I didn't see. Toronto was being a, a an ide- a marker, right? Let's say, but that's cool because I got to re enjoy or like uh, you know uh, experience the film in a different way because I fucking loved the movie when it came out. Yeah, and it didn't matter to me that it was about Toronto or not about Toronto. I just loved it. So when I moved to the annex, um, it was such a treat. To just like sit down and watch it for the first time and be like, oh, that's that's that and that's that and that's about me the whole time. I'm sure there's a lot of, because I mean, that's that's got to be a common experience, you know, when you move to New York or move to LA mm. or move to Paris or move to London. Like, like there are so many cities that are, exist in the world. Tokyo, you know, yeah. like, like you can see movies that are about where, where really I, you know, the main character is New York City. Yeah. Um, yeah. A third lead. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, in many ways, she's the fifth Sex in the City girl. <laughs> but didn't, you know what I mean? Like, like there are a lot of cities that you know you don't go too cold. You have a little bit of of uh, kind of a cultural understanding yeah. of what this of what you have an expectation of what the city is going to be like because you've seen New York in movies and yeah. you know television. Yeah. Uh, you know, you you go to. You you go to Tokyo because you saw Lost in Translation, and you're like, "Hey, it's this is this is in many ways like Lost in Translation, and in many ways not." Yeah. Um, so it's interesting, you know, that you actually got a, the rare opportunity to come to Toronto and be like, "Hey, this is the city from Scott Pilgrim." Yeah, and also like live that life. You know what I mean? Live, yeah, ha- live that precious have little life. Cups of tea and grassy uh, basements, and you know, like that. That was essentially. That was, in terms of verisimilitude, that was another thing that I noticed when Scott goes to the date at Ramona's house, she's like, she's like, would you like Mm. some tea? And Scott's like, yeah, sure. And she's like, what kind? And Scott's like, there's more than one kind. And then she rattles off a dozen different kinds of teas. And I was like, I forgot how obsessed with tea we were back in the aughts and like early teens. Yeah. Like obsessed. Yeah. You know, and you'd have a dozen teas. Yeah. Those details were great. And then like later in the scene, Scott's like, I love, I love, um, 
I love garlic bread. I could eat garlic bread for oh, I love that this in bit, the world. Yeah. And then she's like, aren't you worried that it'll make you fat? And then with a full mouth, he's like, bread makes you fat? He's like, what? And she's like, bread makes fat. Bread makes you fat? Which is, again, something that we were obsessed with yeah. in the stupid aughts and teens. Oh, it's such like, a cute little stupid kid thing as yeah. well to not realize bread makes you fat. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, the most obvious thing. Yeah, Scott, enjoy eating bread while you're in your twenties. <laughs> once you hit your thirties, that shit catches right up. Yeah, it's true. No, yeah. we are so lucky that we're getting this Netflix thing. I really, really am delighted and can't wait for it. It's such a treat. It's, yeah, it, I feel, feel like it came out of nowhere. You know, they announced it on Friday or not Friday? What am I saying? On April Fool's Day, so April first. So my <laughs> friend Bernard messaged it to me, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Bernard, no, I can't find a trailer." online it, it's it's fake or there was a teaser and it just didn't look real i was like no it's a april fool's joke you yeah. being bamboozled me it's not real it's not real it's too good to be true that's good for them then you know to like because because it's so difficult to surprise people nowadays do you think they did that on purpose they were uh, fucking with me maybe no but i mean like, like it's gonna happen it's it's almost out i i haven't seen them yet but there's a bunch of um kind of uh, pre-release stuff now that's yeah. been that's yeah. come out like a trailer uh, opening credits were released and well it's fun and remember when you and I and Ian and our friend Greg sat down uh, for like five hours and played the Scott Pilgrim versus the world Th- video and that's, game that's its own experience like that's the other thing is that this is the gift that keeps on giving I, I expect the movie is much different than you know I read only the one volume but it was a different experience mm-hmm um, and that video game was another different experience, like another layer. Yeah. And again, it's about passion. The people who yeah. made that were passionate about it. There's, it's, it's very consistent and congruent with everything that comes around it and with yeah. it in that universe. Um, but it's also like it's 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 also a good video game, and it's, it's a f- it, fantastic video. Like game. It's, it's a the coolest. It's a great uh, you know like pastiche of uh, those that eight bit era yeah. too, while still being like a Scott Pilgrim game. Yeah. 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 I think we can expect more of that as well from the Netflix show. So. Well, the source material is just so good. Yeah. Gift keeps on giving. All right. We'll be right back. It's actually a really good garlic bread. Garlic bread is my favorite food. I could honestly eat it for every meal. Or just eat it all the time without even stopping. <laughs> you get fat. No, why would I get fat? Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat? Mo. much fun talking to you about my favorite movie ever I know. in the world. And I'm very glad too that we're getting better at actually planning these things mm. and like, you know, watch I I'm better at actually following through at watching the stuff that I'm like, "Hey Brian, we should watch Scott Pilgrim." And then I just feel fully don't. Yeah. 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 And you know what, Carl? I'm feeling a little randy for some straight porn. Yay! Let's, let's watch some 90s skin flicks. Let's do it. I, I actually, you know, and this this will pair very well with having watched Eyes Wide Shut at the Carlton. Uh, but yeah, listeners, the next <laughs> two movies that we're going to do, we've been itching to do Paul Verhoeven. So we are going to be talking uh, on the next episode of this podcast. We're going to be talking about Basic Instinct and Showgirls. So nothing basic about it, and nothing showy about it. I don't know about that. 
No, I was I like before we leave, I was actually, you know, I was going to be super obnoxious as we were watching Eyes Wide Shut. I was like, <laughs> this actually shares a lot of themes with Scott Pilgrim and it's kind of appropriate that we're doing them because oh. they're both. And I said this to you after the movie, you were like, what the fuck are you talking about, Carl? Uh, and I was like, they're both movies where the central kind of conflict is that uh, one, like the main character is does isn't emotionally um, mature enough for the relationship that they're in. Yeah. Like Scott Pilgrim, we didn't even talk. I wanted to do this extensive talk about hair as a symbol in Scott Pilgrim and like mm. how Scott doesn't cut his hair because he can't get over the relationship that he was in with Envy, whereas Ramona is able to change her hair all the time because she is over her own relationships. She's too confident. Um, and too Scott confident. is intimidated by that very thing. He's like, she keeps changing her hair. And the, the thing that he's intimidated by is the fact that Ramona is more emotionally mature than he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then in in so Scott Pilgrim is about a relationship that is between two you know young people where they're just starting dating, and Scott is driven crazy by Ramona's exes, which he has to fit like physically fight. Um, and Eyes Wide Shut is about a marriage where the one guy is driven crazy by the fact that you know his sex life with his wife isn't what he expects it to be, so he has to go looming lurking around New York City and and find a cult full of people with masks yeah and it's weird because eyes wide shut is the bigger movie i guess or like the in terms of like it's the longest it's it's yeah. it, it goes it delves really deep into its subject but i would say scott pilgrim versus the world i think it has a more mature angle to the whole thing in a way uh, yes yeah i think it's too simplified and, and not and i'm not criticizing the master he knew exactly what he was saying he wanted it simplified it was it's a very straightforward tale it's a it's a sex odyssey into discovery well and really i i think you're totally right that the more mature movie is the one that uses a bunch of zelda sound effects and <laughs> video game effects and where where yeah. the the character grabs a floating head of himself and steven stills says what what are you doing and scott says getting a life, life. <laughs> so well brian i am in lesbians with this podcast i think that you're doing an absolutely lesbiansly job <laughs> um why don't we why don't we call it there oh let's do it thanks for again for talking with me carl and thanks everybody for listening Thank you for listening to Queen's Video, hosted by Brian Griffin and Carl Swanson, produced by Ian O'Connor, theme music by Leonard Swanson. You know what's a great thing to do? Subscribing to Queen's Video wherever it is you're listening to this right now, and leaving us a comment and a rating. You can follow us on Instagram at Queen's Video Podcast. Send your comments, questions, and movie recommendations to Queen's Video Podcast at gmail.com.